This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, 7.47 in the morning. I'm joined by Joyce Goh and of course I am Khusu Chong. Now the Breakfast Grill comes on in about 15 odd minutes or so. Uh, Sharitz Abdullah talks to Alan Chia. He's the Chief Executive of GoCar Malaysia. GoCar Malaysia is of course a car rental and sharing co- a company contributing towards the large and diverse transport service ecosystem in Malaysia. They were acquired by Mayflower some years ago, which is of course a Tan Chong Motor Holdings company and they have a uh, lot of vehicles on their um, um, portfolio, uh, Nissans and Renaults specifically, but MPVs, SUVs and sedan cars uh, in general. Now, to switch on to the uh, business news headlines, we've got AirAsia and Malaysia airports taking their tussle to a much, much deeper level here. Mm. Now, of course, we know that this feud has been ongoing for some time and um, AirAsia has responded to last month's 36 million suit against them with their own lawsuit, except that this time their lawsuit is more than 10 times uh, airport's lawsuit. is in the region of 400 million ringgits. And um, basically, there's a countersuit to this whole feud. Yeah, so AirAsia's counterclaims are for losses and damages it experienced due to operational disruptions at KLIA2. And they pointed out that a ruptured fuel line that impeded our operations at PLP for over a month at KLIA2 last October, as well as closures at Runway 3 on numerous occasions throughout the previous year. So looks like, yeah, it is definitely heating up between the both of them. Yeah, so um, of course, just to reverse a little bit, uh, airports, 36 million ringgit suits uh, in December was basically for unpaid airport taxes and passenger service charges for international departures. So 36 million from airports, then 400 million from AirAsia back to Mm -hmm. them. Now, a lot of financial context here because airports is a 13.5 billion ringgit market cap company with about 5 billion ringgits in um, revenue. So the amount claimed from them of 400 million ringgit is just under 10% of their revenues and nearly as much as the net income for 2017. So that's a lot of money in case this Mm -hmm. whole lawsuit goes pear-shaped for them. Yeah, so looking at this uh, passenger service charge that is uh, paid by the departing passengers and is collected by the airlines during the ticket purchase. I think since the start of last year, this is January 1st, 2018, the PSC had been set at 73 ringgit per passenger for passengers flying out of KLIA2 and KLIA. However, both AirAsia and AirAsiaX have been collecting 50 ringgit per passenger. So that's 50 ringgit versus the 73 ringgit. And MEHB demanded that the two airlines pay up the 23 ringgit difference per passenger from July 2018 onwards. Well, yeah, you can see the sense of this, I guess, from a superficial level, right? Because AirAsia runs a low-cost, no-frills airline. And they, ostensibly, well, they do uh, operate out of a low-cost uh, airport, right? Mm-hmm. Um and therefore, they don't see the justification in airports making them demanding that they charge 73 ringgits, the same rate that um, people fly out from KLA1 mm-hmm. are paying, right? So, obviously, um, they are being told to charge 73. They, in actuality, charge 50 bucks as a 23 ringgit um, gap. And uh, I guess that gap is what airports is chasing them for. But um, you can see the sense because if you're a low-cost uh, passenger, why would you pay full-cost uh, passenger fit charges, right? Yeah, for the their airport. But I must say, recently we flew into KLIA too, and the pack the baggages came out so fast. It's a lot faster than at KLIA. Really? Yeah, <laughs> so it's quite surprising. And there were trolleys and everything. So it's it's quite a. I mean, it could be a timing. Could be that time of the day, or we were just lucky uh, landing in on that day. But yeah, definitely noticed the difference in terms of uh, how fast the baggage came out.
Well, that's a bit of a strange uh, issue because, you know, logically speaking, KLI one passengers should get much better service, right? Because you're paying mm-hmm. 23 bucks more passenger service charges. Mm-hmm. But um, look, I mean, when you look at it for the whole um, issue, um, basically, um, the Malaysian Aviation Commission uh, and the legislation from 2015 suggest that any issues, any disputes between any parties in Malaysian aviation should as much as possible be settled out of court and not, you know... Um, Ascend to the to the legal uh, jurisdictions because that's it's costly, it's it's laborious, it takes a lot of time and and saps your energy. Yeah, that's true. And also, I think what Asia is saying that they they're maintaining their stance and that uh, you know travelers flying out of KLIA two should not be paying the same airport tax as those departing of KLIA. Uh, they're saying that KLIA two provides inferior services, and they've also added that MEHB has done a poor job maintaining KLIA two, citing uh, remember the recent discovery of maggots. And all that, and the bees, and all that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's gotten. I mean, it's yeah. Just every, look, I mean, the regulators want the both parties to mediate and to settle out of court clearly because it you know, just cuts a lot of corners, and um, it's a lot less expensive. But you know, this feud has been lasting a long time. I mean, yeah. look at it, right? Two thousand two, mm. when Air Asia was forced to move out of Subang to uh, KLIA, that was a huge issue for them, mm-hmm. and it makes sense at the time, right? If if you're if you got this ready-made air, air, airport which is just out of the city center, use it lah. You know why mm-hmm. being Quite be forced to move out, and then March two thousand six, Airisha then went from Calais to the low cost carrier terminal, the LCCT, and then another eight years later, Airisha moved to Calais too. And of course, apart from the moves, there's been numerous issues between the two parties, from different views on how Calais two should have been built, the runways, the maintenance, yeah. the operational problems. But the latest point of contention, of course, revolves around the PSC. But the PSC is the latest fracas, which has been many, many fracas through the There's years. There's been brewing since 2002, and it's 2019 today. So yeah, it's been that long. Well, speaking about feuds, I think there's another one, right? Trong that's been brewing in corporate Malaysia? That's right. Uh, this time involving <clears throat> Gunting, Fox and Disney. Now, Fox Entertainment Group, 20th Century Fox Film and Foxnet have filed a 46 million US dollar counterclaim in response to Gunting Malaysia suit against them for breach of contract. Now, 46 million dollars is nearly 200 million ringgit, okay? Mm. Not a small sum. Now, Gunting stated in the boss filing that Fox, together with 21st Century Fox and Walt Disney, have filed a report that this 46 million dollars from the Americans is in respect of annual license fees guaranteed amounts of royalties and travel reimbursements. Okay. Yeah, I think they're looking at also some damages, reasonable costs and other relief under applicable law. And uh, this is pursuant to this MOA that they signed uh, in June 1st, 2013. Yeah, so, you know, r- remember late November last year, right? Gunting Malaysia sued Walt Disney and 21st Century Fox, the Americans basically, right? For pulling out of an agreement to sponsor the Fox World theme park in Gunting Highlands. They sought one billion US dollars in damages from the Americans. And of course, according to Ginting's filing in LA, Fox had been happy to have a park that was in close proximity to the casinos of Resort World. But apparently then, Disney, according to Ginting, made an about term and said that Disney uh, uh, then later went to say that they wanted no ties with a gambling company because of its family-friendly brand strategy. So... Good thing is saying you knew what you're getting in mm-hmm. yourselves into. Mm-hmm. You knew who we were, right? You signed this memorandum of agreement. We've done this deal. And then later on, you say you change your mind because you don't want this association with gambling, right? 
Right. Yeah. So, but but see, this, this right? Fox uh, um, theme park thing that uh, that's up in Genting, uh, it's been ongoing for a while. You know, it was delayed for some time. I think they entered into a licensing agreement. Fox entered into a licensing agreement in 2013 with Genting for this development of what would have been the first Fox branded theme park in the world, and that was supposed to be a key attraction at Genting's resort. And uh, Genting was to own and finance the park completely, with Fox getting a cut of the revenue from the F&B and retail. And uh, Genting had apparently invested already 750 million US dollars into the park and it was due to open this year. But remember that a couple of times we were chasing the story, it was delayed because of cost and because of a couple of reasons. And then now this latest one, I guess, is the lawsuit. Yeah, I mean, Gunning is a really bad year, right? From the original budget 2019, the, the slapping of, of assortment of gambling charges on their business and then, of course, dealers' fees and croupier's fees. And then now this, this whole thing, this, this, you know, Gunting was supposed to have this fantastic explode, explode in 2019 where you had the, the new theme park coming up, you know, the whole um, rejuvenation plan. And then it's been anything but. It's been an Anna's Horribilis for Gunting so far. Yeah, actually, they wanted to kind of reposition themselves to be more of a destination, more uh, a destination not, not for gambling, but, you know, you just go for the theme park or F&B, you know, enough they've got the retail outlets there as well. So it's kind of like repositioning itself. But yeah, you're right, uh, Trunk. Looking at where they are currently, there's quite a lot of uh, things they'll have to settle. I mean, look at, at settle in, in terms of, you know, going to court and looking at what's going to happen to the uh, theme park that actually most of it is already built. Like yeah, if you go out so, to Genting, it's actually some of the rights and all that are have already been built. It's still a WIP, a work in progress, but it's there. You can see it there. Yeah, look at the stock. You know, I, I, I look, I'm looking at the, the stock, stock right now. Gunting mm. Malaysia was trading as high as about five bucks and um, thirty-five cents in August last year, and then they dropped all the way to just below three. They went to two seventies, right? It was, it was a terrible. Mm. It was the wrong end of uh, Mount Everest, basically, and um, they've been trying to claw their way back. But you know, it's 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 one thing after another for Gunting. I think the Edge Weekly this week um, covering Gunting yes. in greater detail. So mm-hmm. if you want more context, there have a look and uh, have an eyeball of that uh, particular. Mm-hmm. Story. Now, um, interestingly, also uh, related to spending, the salary threshold for expats may be raised, and that's not to protect th- expats themselves, but to protect locals. Now, the Human Resources Ministry plans to increase this income threshold for expats working in the country so that then priority is given to local employment. Now, there's only three categories of employment passes here. Category 1, 10,000 ringgit monthly, I think, and above. Category 2, 5,000 to 9,999. And category three, three thousand to four nine 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 monthly. So if you lift the third category, which is the lowest category, then your local workers can get higher salary. That's the idea. Yeah, and uh, we have uh, Minister M Kulasekaran speaking about the plans to review this current threshold. Now the three thousand is the cutoff point, but we are going to increase it to a higher level, maybe to four thousand or five thousand, so that these people who are earning that income from five thousand and below will only be Malaysians. We are also making sure that genuine people are allowed in this country. We do necessary verification. We are forming a committee to look into it, see as to whether what will the threshold be. The whole idea is to discourage expatriates who come here and compete with us, and also their expertise is something that we don't have. Those are the factors to be looked into. Charles M. Kulasegren, the Minister for Home Affairs, and of course the government is reportedly considering raising the salary threshold for foreign professionals or expats working in Malaysia to beyond 5,000 ringgit to ensure that more jobs reserved for locals. Okay, we're nearly to the 8 o'clock news, but do stay tuned for Sharin Abdullah's Conversation and Breakfast Grill with Alan Chia, the Chief Executive of Go Car Malaysia. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.